I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Vic Alexander. You can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at Vic Sauce. And this is a podcast where I talk all about navigating my 20s, figuring out adulthood, and everything in between. And today is an episode that I'm super excited for. This is the episode on being a 90s kid. Now, I am a very nostalgic person, so I often reminisce on my childhood and pieces of media from growing up. And I have been collecting tidbits in my journal of things that I would like to chat about. So I was born in 1996. You might consider me a 90s baby. You might not. I'm kind of on the cusp of Gen Z and millennial. Although to be honest, I do identify more as millennial. When I was in my early 20s, I was like, no way. I am Gen Z. And now that I'm older, I'm like, yep, nope, I'm old. But I love Gen Z. So I will take whatever you accept me as. So I, I guess, am a late 90s baby. I was more a child in the early 2000s. So that's what I'm going to be chatting more about today. So let's take a trip down memory lane. Growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s was truly just a different way of life. First of all, dial up internet. The way that we would have to turn off the computer if our mom wanted to make a call because you couldn't do both at the same time. Sounds like so welcome for that early on in the episode. Those sounds, the dial up sounds of booting up your computer and it connecting to the internet. It was also like a 10 minute process. Like you couldn't just whip open your laptop a minute before you start work and have it function. No, and if you had an older computer like I had, it was like a 10, 15 minute process. Sometimes you would have to try and do it twice to get it to actually work. It was just a different time. We didn't have cell phones. My childhood memories I cherish. I remember having my little bug catchers from probably the dollar store and going out into the fields behind my house with the other neighborhood kids and catching bugs and worms. And I remember the excitement of when cell phones were kind of becoming more mainstream, but we didn't grow up with those. Even video games coming out, it was not your God-given right to have any kind of gaming console or any technology at all. Kids these days with their iPads, that's such a cool tool for them, but like it was a big deal if you had any kind of technology growing up as a kid. I remember for Christmas one year, I asked for a PlayStation 2 and this was like once it was already kind of a little bit less cool, but it was still like an expensive purchase at the time. I got one for Christmas one year and to this day I only owned three games for it. Dance Dance Revolution, SingStar, and Guitar Hero. 
And that was all that mattered. I was a DDR girly. And my cousins at family Christmas, they also had it. We would go into the basement and be bopping our toes to DDR for hours at a time. This quite literally makes me want to go dig this up from my mom's basement and see if she still has my DDR mat because it was that much fun. And the thing was, again, at this time, we didn't have cell phones. There wasn't technology. So it's not like you were distracted. Like you were DDRing with your friends for hours on end. And with SingStar, were we good? No, I vividly remember with my best friend, SingStarring to Take On Me by Aha. If you know that song, you know how it is. You, you can't sing that song if you're not a good singer. We were not good singers, but it was so much fun. So anyways, now I want to get into some topics. This first one, I'm curious, was this a Canadian thing? A North American thing? I'm not sure. I am from Canada, but I want to talk about the Scholastic Book Fair. And to those that grew up lower, lower income, this probably isn't going to be super relatable because I always felt awful for the kids that didn't have money to go to the Scholastic Book Fair. And it was just such an uncomfortable time of like, oh who has all the money to buy all the things they want but anyways for those that enjoyed it or were bookies like me this was my time to shine i would have prepared for like weeks on end with that paper catalog that you get for what to expect at the scholastic book fair and i would have circled and starred what i wanted i would have saved up my allowance my mom would have given me any extra birthday money that she'd squirreled away for me because she knew i was a bookie i was a reader of a kid the thing is, it wasn't just the books. Yeah, everyone would like run, all the boys would run to like the Guinness World Record books and the Ripley's Believe It or Not. But you know where, you know where I was headed? The animal posters, the dog posters specifically. Oh my God, I was so into them. They were so cute. And you know what? I stand by Little Vic's opinion of these animal posters because I would probably still be really into that today. Oh, it was just such a different time. And this was also a time of posters. Remember going to Walmart and like fishing through the little plastic things of posters, ripping them out of your magazines to hang on your wall. But anyways, the Scholastic Book Fair, and then, oh my God, all the trinkets. They had like the bougiest erasers, like smelly erasers, cool shaped erasers, fancy pencils. I feel like there was even like slap bracelets, like the trinket section of the Scholastic Book Fair hit different. I feel like the book fair was literally what taught me money management. That was the first time my brain seriously understood it because I was like, okay, I have to get the books that are on my list. And then I am figuring out how much money I have to buy little trinkets from the end section. I wanted to get bang for my buck. I was making some heavy decisions as a kid of what I was getting with whatever money I had. On the topic of book fairs, and like I was saying, leafing through the paper catalog, catalogs in general as 90s, early 2000s babies were such a big thing. My other favorite was the Sears catalog, specifically the Sears Christmas catalog where it was like a phone book thick catalog that you had to flip through and see all the toys, all the clothes, all the different sections of literally everything in their entire store, the catalog. God, and I would be so overzealous. I would circle insane shit that I knew my mom was not gonna be getting me. I wasn't fully aware of our level of income as a family, but I definitely knew I was over asking. But I still also believed in Santa at the time. I thought maybe one day he'd work his magic, but you know what? I still got some of the things I wanted from that and I am forever grateful. But yeah, just catalogs in general, it was just such a different time. I feel like everything had a catalog, even just the concept of phone books, am I right? And we would go through those phone books and we would like highlight kids from our classes or like people we didn't like. 
who would prank phone call them? Star 69ing? Ain't nobody gonna know who's calling. But that was our way of being little shit disturbers. I wanna talk now a little bit about computers, games, culture around that. And the first big one I wanna talk about is Neopets and kind of like McDonald's toys in general from Happy Meals. Now, the coming out of Neopets changed many of our lives, including mine. I was a Neopets kid. Prior to Neopets coming out, I didn't eat McDonald's a whole lot because my family couldn't budget it in, but my mom knew I was in it for the Neopets. So she, this was definitely a time of my mom's life where she was budgeting in more Happy Meals for me and God, bless her for that. She was very supportive of my Neopet addiction. No, like she would literally ask the drive-thru ladies which Neopets they had in at a certain point so that I wouldn't get duplicates. It was incredible. And I had one friend who was like really into Neopets. Like her mom would drive her to the States for like Neopet conventions to trade for rare ones. I was not on that level, but she had some really cool Neopets. But it was like a thing. I would give my Neopets baths. I would blow dry them. I would like play with my Neopets. Of course, we can't forget about the Neopets website. If you're listening, someone apparently has like hacked it and kept it up. The map looks a little bit different. I'm not sure. I haven't personally investigated yet. That is on my to-do list for after recording this today. But both in-person Neopets and the Neopets website were everything to me. I spent countless hours investing my life in my Neopet world. I have no regrets. I love that for me so much and I need to see if my mom has squirreled away any of my past Neopets. Like I said, in general, McDonald's toys at that time were just something else to get excited about. I don't think kids these days have that same excitement. Also remember before the Neopets were the dinosaur movie plastic hand puppets. It smelled awful like pure plastic cancer but we we loved that. That is like one of my most vivid McDonald's memories is getting my Happy Meal, pulling out my little dinosaur hand puppet and going to the play place. I would literally base when I wanted my McDonald's treat of the month based on what kind of toys were available at the time. It was incredible. McDonald's too at that time, I feel like you could actually just expect good service. It was almost a weird piece in time where restaurants actually cared about the quality of service that they were giving and probably were more adequately compensated with the economy at the time than they are now. So very much so fair enough. Going out to places like Pizza Hut, the Pizza Hut buffet hit different. That was like a nice Friday night out as a family. I guess for maybe, you know, middle, lower class was like a Pizza Hut special dinner outing. For me, we didn't even have a Pizza Hut in my little town growing up. We had a McDonald's, a Tim Hortons, and like a little family restaurant. You had to drive into the city if you wanted to go to Pizza Hut or Taco Bell, or gosh, even Wendy's. But restaurants at that time were just a different way of living. Okay, circling back to computer chat, computer games, etc. Let's talk about LimeWire. Gosh, now I was a youngin ripping my songs illegally on LimeWire. And if you're the FBI listening to this, no, you're not. I never did this. It's not Victoria speaking right now. But LimeWire was bopping. How I didn't download a virus and infect and kill my parents' entire computer is beyond me because I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. All of us got duped by LimeWire as well. There were songs you would download where it would be certain recordings or like there was like a Bush recording. That was like the original Rick Roll. Or you think you're downloading a song and and you are just completely bamboozled. But LimeWire was it. If you wanted to load up your iPod or make a mix burn CD for your friends, you were ripping that shit off LimeWire. Unless you were rich and bougie, which again, I did not grow up in that kind of place, so can't relate. But this was a time of computer games. First of all, from like young childhood, there was those like 
disc computer games. Pajama Sam, Freddy Fish. I remember an Aladdin computer game that I really loved. But the ones that really did it for me were like the dress up website games. So first of all, the Lizzie McGuire dress up game. I think that might've been a disc. That one was it. My scene, Stardoll. Is any, was anyone a Stardoll kid? Now Google it if you need a memory jog, but it was that website where it was like paper dolls of celebrities and they would like add new celebrities and it would be like a huge deal for dressing up Pete Wentz. And he would like click and drag different clothing to dress them up in. No, it didn't look super realistic. If you're not familiar with Stardoll, I, I heavily encourage a quick Google, but it was groundbreaking at the time. Now, this was also the Sims era. I wasn't bougie enough or rich enough maybe for my parents to buy me the sims so it was a treat when i went over to certain friends houses that had the sims games it was go time i don't even remember playing it myself i would just watch them i was just happy to watch it was entertainment even still now my boyfriend and i like to play sims but i find it stressful because i think as a kid i was used to watching my friends do it i give him the mouse and i'm like okay i'll just like tell you here and there what i want our family to do on the sims and like you can just take control <laughs> the way that we would exhaust our computers they definitely couldn't handle the sims because they weren't gaming computers with these games and they'd be huffing and puffing and chugging and freezing but the sims was everything to us another important one around the same time as neopets i believe was club penguin taking your puffle to the pizza parlor chatting with other penguin people in the village and if you are naughty getting banned for saying bad words but club penguin was so fun i literally remember multiple days aching sick so that i could stay home while my parents were at work and play on the family computer club penguin i think that was right on the cusp of the age when my parents first started letting me stay like home alone or during the daytime at least if i was sick and i cheated the system i fully took advantage of that to get an extra club penguin time what I would give to feel the excitement and dopamine of computer games as a kid again. Now, if you were extra bougie, you might've had a Nintendo DS and been into Nintendogs. Once again, I wasn't lucky enough to have one of these myself. Wasn't in the family budget. I remember a girl at my babysitter's of before and after school care had one and she would play Nintendogs and she was like, one of my best friends she was amazing she like let me in on the nintendogs family there was like certain things she would wait to do until before or after school care so that i could watch and like play with the dogs on her nintendogs account actually i have a nintendo switch now and they released a game i think very similar to nintendogs but they wanted like 80 dollars for it once again that's just not in my budget right now yes i would love to play that game again but not for 80 dollars are you kidding me i think in general it was just a different time of like cutesy things like dogs were it. i know kids now love dogs too but like again the dog posters the little bobblehead dogs that you could get the like dogs that were curled up in a little like it was like a little dog figurine that was like furry that were like curled up to look like they were sleeping those were really cool i don't know what those were called and nintendogs we were just really into dogs now what was more in my budget was tamagotchis we would like get in trouble at school for having our tamagotchis out and playing with our tamagotchis and that was an example of the most basic technology bringing us so much joy also as someone that wasn't allowed to have pets as a kid a tamagotchi was as close and as real as it was going to get for me. So I took keeping those things alive very seriously. Now, something that I think of that's really sad anytime I'm reminiscing on my childhood is like, when was the last time I played and gave attention to my Tamagotchi and that like I didn't know that was going to be the last time? I think about that a lot and it kind of stresses me out. Or like the last time that I was on Neopets and logged out and I didn't know that that was going to be the last time that I logged out of Neopets. It's kind of a sad part of growing up. 
But anyways, we're keeping things light and happy today. So moving right along. On that note, this one is kind of a cusp of probably people born in the earlier 90s to later 90s is Furbies. Now I had one Furby because again, life on a budget. And I don't remember loving that thing. I was maybe a little too young for the Furby game. That creeped me right out. I would shove that in my closet. I was like, mom, what have you brought into my home? I don't know why these Furbies would like turn on in the middle of the night and start talking to you or making a little bleep bloop bleep bloop noises. And it was horrific. I stand by Furbies being so creepy. Now, if you were a Furby lover, I would love to know because I don't know if those people exist that just love them for what they are. For me, they were haunting. But toys in general, growing up as like a 90s kid, were so much more important. There was just so many more trends when it came to toys. Also, the thing is because things were, yes, mass produced, but they weren't coming out with new things as often as they are now. There wasn't maybe as much competition. So when one thing was cool, everybody wanted that thing. Another one for me was Build-A-Bear. So I remember seeing Build-A-Bear commercials on TV when it was kind of like first becoming mainstream. We didn't have any here that I knew of in my area where I grew up. It was like a thing where where you had to go to the States. It's like getting your family to take you to the States as a kid to go to Build-A-Bear, that's a pretty big ask, you know? But I remember one year, my dad and my stepmom surprised me. I think it was for my birthday with a trip to Build-A-Bear because they lived in a bit of a different part of Ontario than where I live. And I'm pretty sure in that moment, I probably shit myself. That was one of the transformative moments of my childhood that I remember bringing me so much joy. So off we went to build a bear and I got my first teddy bear that meant a great deal to me. And it was a bunny named Jennifer. Still remember the denim dress and little pink jelly furry shoes that I got her when I first dressed her up and took her home. And like I said, that was a huge deal. And honestly, that probably cost nearly a hundred dollars with the clothes and everything. And back then too, that was a lot of money. That's a lot of money today. But back then that was like a lot of money. Not that you want to remember events by things you got, but I do remember events by getting that Build-A-Bear. That was a big birthday for me. Children of divorced parents probably understand this a little bit more, and I don't I don't think I realized it till adulthood the tiny bit of competition between parents if both your parents were like semi-involved in your childhood of like gifts. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, I really hope my mom didn't feel bad that my dad was getting me these bougie gifts. I also remember, I think it was like my fifth grade birthday when my dad got me an iPod Nano for Christmas. And Lordy Lou, I was not expecting that. I would never ask for something so fanciful. He literally opened it and was like, are you sure this is for me? <laughs> And that was like the sleek new technology. Those things were tiny and compact. So those kind of things were just big in our lives as children, toys and whatnot. It was trendy and you wanted what everyone else had. Okay, but moving on to another aspect of growing up in like the early 2000s, late 90s was music videos. My entire before and after school care, and mind you, there were some like older kids there that were children of the babysitter. But they maybe had a bigger influence on us watching much music, MTV, the like much countdowns and all the new music videos. I think I've said this before in a podcast, but I vividly remember seeing my first Blink-182 music video on much music countdown. And music videos were just cool back then. Like there was production in them. We were watching them because YouTube wasn't a big thing then and you couldn't just pull up music videos whenever you wanted to. You had to catch that shit on TV and hope that you got to see the music video that you wanted to see. It was also where you got to learn about new music or like hear a song repeat because if you didn't have the CD, you were SOL. Now again, this depends how old you were at the time. This was my pre-iPod days. This was my Walkman days when the music videos were kind of at their peak. 
But music videos were cool. We would try and like recreate dances. I remember trying to recreate dances from Britney Spears music videos. Music videos were just something else. And on that note, commercials on TV to buy ringtones. Now, when these commercials started, I didn't even have a phone yet. I think that teenagers at this time probably would have been in the era of actually purchasing these ringtones. I just remember the commercials. It's too young, cell phones were too expensive. I did not have a phone. I think I got my first phone in like eighth grade and it was a pink flip phone at the time it was when those like slide qwerty phones were kind of cool i was a step behind because that was what was in our budget and i had a pink flip phone but by that point in time you could like rip songs off limewire and somehow load them onto your phone or there were there was ways around buying ringtones commercials for ringtones or like that gummy bear song and you'd have to like text a number and it was like a buck 30 to buy a ringtone like a 30 second rip from a song God, I remember going to the mall with my parents as a kid and seeing the teenagers and hearing their like, cool, my lip gloss be popping ringtones going off on their phones. And I'm like, damn, they are so cool. It's also kind of like a symbol of status if you bought a ringtone or had like a base model ringtone pre-programmed in your phone. I don't know, man, times were weird. Also the time for teenagers of like Pimp My Ride, The Hills, The OC. Now I was a little bit younger. I was still really into watching those though. I still have my box set DVDs of The OC and Laguna Beach specifically, which I think is natural for any generation of younger kids. They wanna watch what like the teenagers are watching, what's cool. But it really was in my my opinion the golden age of tv disney originals on disney channel family channels so like when hannah montana first started i remember seeing episode one of hannah montana every week the new episodes that would come out was so thrilling and exciting to just be a part of that of course things like even stevens that's so raven and then when cory in the house spinoff came out for me the bigger one i remember is disney channel original movies premiere of high school musical I just did a, I paused my recording to have a pause in my personal life for dramatic effect to reflect back upon that. Ooh, did I love High School Musical. And does anyone remember, please let me know, High School Musical dance along special editions that would like air as reruns where there would be like breaks in the middle where the characters like, what the heck is Troy Bolton's name? I'm blanking, Zac Efron. And like Vanessa Hudgens would come on and teach you the dances to the songs. Each little commercial break, they'd teach you like another little part of the dance and be like, let's practice. And that was how a lot of us learned those dances. Says. I had my mom record on VHS because we didn't have a DVR. I don't know if those were like popular yet at that time. We would record on VHS the High School Musical dance alongs or like the Camp Rock dance alongs so that I could play them back, pause, and rewind. I was very serious about learning these dances. Oh, but that was such a pivotal, fun point of childhood. The other big one for me, I've always been a Halloween fan. So for me, every year it was in October, all the Halloween Disney Channel movies personal favorite favorite was Halloween Town. I would plan in advance because of course the Family Channel or Disney Channel if you're in America would advertise for like a week ahead of time Friday night 8 p.m. Halloween Town. You knew to get your ass on the couch with your snacks and catch your favorite movies. Usually it was also followed up by like Twitches, which was another personal favorite. But Disney Channel originals and movies were just hitting different at that time. It was so exciting, all these new shows that were coming out. And at the same time, that was like the time of those stars becoming singers as well. Disney Channel was transformative for these young people. And honestly, that must've been so damaging for them. But we ate that up as kids. I was really into magazines like J14, Tiger Beat. I'm not sure if these are Canadian specific or these were the same in America, but like the magazines where there was just all the teeny boppers, celebrities on the front, got the posters inside, gossip that probably wasn't true and probably fake quotes. And I was really into that. Then as I got older, more like 
Teen Vogue. I even had a Teen Vogue subscription one year that I was gifted for Christmas, which was kind of bouge because like those magazines were expensive. But it was just a time of magazines. I think because we didn't really have gossip columns to read online yet. That wasn't popularized. You couldn't just Google anything that you wanted to know. Even my mom, I remember, she was really into buying magazines about celebrities in general because it was just something entertaining to read and leave through. So at the time, we didn't have great critical thinking skills. <laughs> we took that at face value. Like if we saw like an Us Weekly magazine with a headline about a celebrity, we believed it. And to those celebrities, I am so sorry. Now I don't even look twice at the magazines. I'm like, who is buying that? At the time, that was super cool. Or if you wanted to make vision boards, you would take your magazines and you would cut out different style or like makeup products from the Teen Vogue magazines and like make a little collage. I feel like I did that for birthday parties for fun. Oh my God, I missed something so important for when I was talking about computers. So we're circling back to talk about MSN Messenger. Or if you were in the States, I believe AIM was the more popular one, but here in Canada, it was MSN. I would be racing home from school to talk to my friends on MSN. And by talk, I say that very loosely. It was a lot of logging on and off very rapidly to give the person you had a crush on a notification to try and make them notice you and see if they'd start up a conversation. Or very selectively playing songs from your iTunes to show up in your MSN status of what you're listening to to seem, you know, angsty or whatever kind of mood you wanted to portray. God, changing your screen name like three times that night being like Victoria with Kelsey or like with whoever because Lord knows you needed to broadcast exactly who you were with because that was the cool thing to do. MSN slash AIM chat the BRB G2G emoticons. Good God if you nudged people but MSN was it. My parents would have to physically remove me from the computer because I would not shut the frick up on MSN with my buddies. If I wasn't on MSN, I was on the phone. Sometimes both because phone calls, we all had landlines, home phones. We all had our best friend's phone number memorized. Home phones were cool too. And by this time we had internet where you could be on the computer and on the home phone at the same time, which was also groundbreaking, revolutionary. So I'd be on the phone with my best friend, Kelsey, for, I'm not kidding you, three to four hours. And simultaneously on MSN, her walking me through what to say to the person that I liked. It was truly a time where you just had to work for the technology that you had. That's why I can't really crap on people these days that are like into iPads or have cell phones from a young age. Cause I'm like, no, we would have loved that too. So next time you think about criticizing kids nowadays, just remember how nuts we were for new technology as it was coming out and how cool that was to be able to talk to your friends whenever you wanted to. Oh my gosh, at the same time, Facebook was really big. So for those that were maybe earlier 90s kids, MySpace was probably your jam. I wasn't allowed to have that. I was too young. So for me, it was Facebook. And even then I was probably too young to have it, but we all had it anyways. That for my friend whose mom was a cop because she knew how unsafe it could potentially be for young people. But anyways, Facebook was it. And specifically Facebook notes. It was like these trends on notes where you could copy and paste and answer these questions. And of course, we're all our own main character in our own heads, right? So we think of course people want to read our answers to these Facebook notes. But we would do like multiple a day. It was overkill. I don't even think Facebook has like the notes section available anymore, to be honest. I wish I could see my old notes. Maybe you can. But I also don't want to have to go into Facebook and dig that up to do that. Facebook statuses were also a really big deal. We would update our statuses multiple times a day. Oh my goodness. If anyone clicks through their Facebook memories from like 15 years ago, it's horrific. Like for, to be honest, haunts me. Or like, like for a rating? Like who were we? What were we doing? And the TBHs were never that juicy. It was like 
TBH, you're really cool. I see you're on school, but I don't really know you. But we took that seriously. If you made a status that was like for a TBH, you're not leaving anyone behind. Even if you don't really know someone you are going, you have an obligation. You put out a call, they answered it, and you better do your job. And that would also keep you tied up on your computer for far too long in an evening. But that was kind of what we were into after school and what was cool to do. Around that same time and before, going to the mall was also really big. This was definitely pre-cell phones for me and my friends. Pre when we had cell phones, anyhow. I remember sometimes we would bring like our digital cameras. When digital cameras first came out and were really cool, we'd bring those to the mall with us and take pictures at the mall. How embarrassing. I'm joking. It wasn't embarrassing at the time. We did not care. We did not care how we were perceived. We were having a silly goose fun time. I also remember I still have those little print off mall pictures that you can get from the photo booth at the mall that you pay a few bucks for that print out. Those were really cool, but we, oh, we loved the mall. It was also the time when you could take your $20 allowance to the mall and get like multiple things. Oh, the dollar was so different. I remember having $20 and we could go to the store. Sirens and Stitches. Oh, Stitches was a big one. Again, I think this might've been Canadian lore. You could go to Stitches and you could do a deal. So you get like the two t-shirts for 20 bucks so you and your friend could each take your 20 bucks and be like okay let's use my 20 bucks to get the t-shirts whatever deal it was and they would have like the chewiest sayings on them but we loved them and the rhinestones you get your t-shirts and then you were like okay well collectively me and my friends still have 20 bucks left over so then we would always go and hit up the smoothie booth we were really into smoothies because there was also deals the strawberry banana smoothie at what the heck is the place called oh someone remind me but like a very popular smoothie bar and it wasn't like booster juice it was something else and it still exists that smoothie place still exists in the malls in my city then we would go and we would get the deal to get our large strawberry banana smoothies. And then you still had money left over. You could buy lunch and probably also go buy a trinket from another store. The world was our oyster. And it was also the times when it was safe or for like, as I don't know, we were probably in like fifth grade, fifth to eighth grade, final answer. Anyways, our parents would just drop us off at the mall and be like, okay, see you in two hours, have fun. And we didn't have cell phones for them to contact us. We would have to wear our watch and they would say, okay, at 6.30 p.m. you're gonna meet us at these doors of the mall. And it was just the honor system. And you didn't mess that up because if you mess that up, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to go do that again. But also, oh God, so embarrassing. I vividly remember my best friend Kelsey and I going to the mall again in the city that was near the small town that I grew up in if you listen to the Q&A cast. So we had our big trip into the mall, you know, 45 minute drive each way. And there was this one store. I don't even know if I want to say what it was called. It's closed now. I'm going to say it. There was a store called Detox. It was kind of like the cool alt store. It's kind of like a Hot Topic, but we didn't have Hot Topics in Canada at the time. It was like the cool American thing. So anyways, we had Detox. There is this guy that we thought was really cute that worked there. And we're literal children at the time. This person was probably like 20. And we're like, oh my God. So we would walk by the store such an excessive amount of times. And this 20 year old's probably like, oh my God, can these kids screw off? But that's what you did as a kid, unless that was just what we did. <laughs> we were people watchers. Anyways, mauling was cool because the trends we're cool. It wasn't like you could just load up TikTok. We didn't have TikTok, right? You can just load up TikTok like we do now to see what's cool and trendy and what people are into. You had to walk your ass around the mall and see what was up. What was in the store displays? God, the people that worked visuals for those stores must have made a killing at the time because that was how you learned what was cool. Claire's was a really big one for like the girlies of that time, specifically Claire's charm bracelets. I know it's like a total rip of like Italian charm bracelets. Anyways, Claire's was what we could afford and you would buy your little charms. I have mine in front of me right now. I'm actually gonna bring it up so I can tell you what charms I have. Okay, I fished it out of my jewelry box. I'm gonna try and remember to include a picture of this if I can on Instagram after I post this episode. Buy my little Claire's charm bracelet. These charms are in pretty rough condition, first of all. I have one that says Eris. 
in pink. Who did I think I was? Paris Hilton? Nicole Richie? I was lower middle class. I have the Irish term. I have one that simply says friend, one that says cool, a blue dolphin, a green butterfly, a V, original, a rose, a gymnastics one. I didn't do gymnastics. Maybe I thought I wanted to do gymnastics. I did really like the bring it on and, you know, stick it movies. Oh, I have an I Heart Cats charm, which is interesting. They must have been sold out of the I Heart Dogs because I was not a cat's kid. Um, a Minnie Mouse one. One that says Bravo. <laughs> okay. Um, a monkey. One that's broken off. I can't tell what that was. And a Patrick Star from Spongebob charm. So you know what this is telling me is that probably a lot of these charms were just whatever was on sale. And God, these charm bracelets, they would rip out our arm hair. I'm putting it on. Oh my God. They both rip out your arm hair and pinch the crap out of your skin. But you know what? This is kind of a vibe. Claire's charm bracelets. I believe Claire's was in the States too. Please somebody fill me in. Now, was this overseas anywhere else? I need that answer for so much that I've talked about in this episode. Gosh, if you're born somewhere other than North America, please fill me in. Claire's was it. Same with like the little Claire's grab bags. Or I think there was like a section that was like 10 things for $10. I was really into the fake hair pieces because gosh, we couldn't afford extensions back then. Are you kidding me? That was for celebrities. There was these little ponytails. Like it was like an elastic with faux hair around. You put it over your bun so your bun looked all spiky because that was cool at the time. You were really lucky you had two so you could do double buns. But those hair extension pieces from Claire's were really cool. One strap backpacks were also really cool for some reason. Really bad ergonomically for your back. And I do remember like later in childhood, they were popularized because of Zoe 101 because a lot of people on that show had one straps. But even before that, I remember one strap backpacks being really cool. And I had one one year. And it was awful for my back. And I was like, mom, please, I need a new backpack. And with like those little suitcase pulley backpacks, basically any backpack that was different from a two-strap normal backpack, you were cool. Heelys were also really cool at the time. Those shoes where you like popped out wheels and could slide on them. I never had a pair because first of all, my parents both worked in healthcare. My stepdad was a paramedic over his dead body. Would I be having a pair of those to break my skull open? Heelys were really cool. I remember some kids at school having them. And I also remember a lot of schools banning Heelys. These kids were either hurting themselves or acting a fool in the hallways, not listening to teachers because they were just scoot, scoot, scooting along. Oh man, but Heelys were so cool. God, I was so jealous. Now, now what I did have, again, one year, one of my splurge gifts was Osiris chunky shoes. Now this was a mix. Skater kids had like the chunky shoes, like VC shoes. Those of us that were blossoming into like little emo scene kids were really into like the, oh, pastry shoes. Oh God, I had a pair of pastry shoes. They're like bright pink, bright yellow, black. Oh my I, what I would give to try and find a picture on my parents' computer of when I had pastry shoes. The trend cycles were just different. Like I said, you had to go in person to see what people were wearing. You couldn't just pull up because we didn't, we weren't into the social medias. Even when we were, it wasn't as influential. Social media was actually more social back then with like MySpace and Facebook where you were gloating about who your friends were. MySpace had like the top friends kind of features. It was truly more socials and about selfies rather than what you were wearing. What you were wearing came from, trends were just a big Gosh, I'm getting winded. I had to pause to blow my nose because I'm getting over a cold. So I'm gonna probably wrap this up soon, but I have a few more notes, a few more notes. Okay, so this one is a little bit more random, but it's like random food trends. First of all, Heinz colored ketchups. I wanted one, had one, and that satiated the need. And I realized, oh yeah, no, these actually are just normal ketchup and even kind of taste a little weirder, but like the purple and green ketchups, they were really doing their marketing to kids to pique our interest because it worked. It worked. Really gross, really off-putting now. I'm like, hmm, yeah, no wonder my parents didn't want to buy that. 
Watch another one is Chubby Sodas. Please tell me if you remember this. There were these like tiny little sodas, like short and stout. And I think they were like 49 cents they used to be. There's a nostalgic candy shop in my town that sells them now, but they're like a buck 30. And it's like, oh, inflation, my guy. Used to be able to get them from the grocery store for like 39 or 49 cents. You know, typical flavors, orange grape cream soda. They were so good. And I did buy one from that nostalgic candy shop and had it. And it was a lot sweeter than I remember. But I'm also like, mm, your palate as a child is very different than as an adult. So a lot of things were better as a child. Same with Sunny D. I've had Sunny D as an adult and I'm like, absolutely not but as a kid that shit hit another really random thing i have written down here is writing on our converse oh converse were also really cool i was a little bit older this was probably more like sixth to eighth grade converse were still expensive god we would desecrate those converse kind of entering my emo era at the time so me and my cousins would take sharpie and like write on emo song lyrics onto our shoes blink 182 lyrics red jumpsuit apparatus draw little stars i wasn't super artistically inclined so mine weren't like really cool but my cousin's converse were so I would also like to take this time to identify as a Crocs kid, which is incredible because I'm a Crocs adult. Never grew out of my Crocs phase. I loved Crocs when they first came out. My first pair was lime green. I had all the gibbets for it. And that was my only pair because Crocs were friggin' expensive. However, because my family stayed a Crocs family through and through, because we were kind of outdoorsy, right? If you listen to the previous podcast, you know. And my stepdad was like, man, these are awesome gardening shoes. They can get dirty, they can get wet, they can get washed. My mom was like, man, these are great shoes. So as house shoes, like we were croc people so painfully white of us yes i know we were croc lovers and then if you were a croc person you know a couple years later like five years later crocs died out they were in the discount stores i remember finding crocs when i worked at liquidation world for like ten dollars like name brand crocs now in adulthood crocs have made a resurgence my parents still have their original crocs because they hold up I have now since bought some more Crocs that fit me now because of course my childhood Crocs don't fit me. Anyways, I got mine at Winners. Shout out to Winners. Oh my God, if you're also like a middle-class family, you love Winners. You grew up on Winners. Anyways, not what I'm talking about. Crocs nowadays are like 60 to $80 for a brand new pair. Are you yanking my chain? Absolutely not. So your tip, if you're a Croc lover, it's summer's coming up. It's time to switch out your fur-lined Crocs for your all seasons. Winners is a great place to go. I think I've gotten pairs there for as low as 20 bucks on sale, which these days is unfortunately a good deal. Oh my gosh, okay. So another totally random one. The care and keeping of you book. Now Google this if you need your memory jogged, but if you were, you know, under the age of 13 years old in the early 2000s, I bet you knew this book. This was the book on puberty for girls was like a couple cartoon girls on the front and like towels with their hair in a towel. I actually would love to see if my mom still has this book somehow. I remember it talking about like, of course, periods and things, shaving, or just your body's changing. It was the puberty book when parents didn't want to talk to you about that stuff or they wanted you to learn on your own first and come to them with questions. Oh God, that was, that was a integral part of growing up in that time period was the care and keeping of you book. Learned a lot about our bodies. Gosh, okay, I have one more note and then I have to go because I'm losing my voice and now I have a little bit of a bloody nose. Gonna be a restful day of taking care of this little bit of sickness. We're also having a like a blizzard today here. It's March 10th. Anyways, good old Canada. So the last notes slash note on my list. First of all, before I get into the big, the big finale. First of all, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Being a kid in school, seeing the VHS chonky TV player cards roll into your classroom and you knew it was on. 
it was time. The Bill Nye VHS went in. What were we learning about today? If you were tired, it was also a good time to take a nap. Shout out to the teachers that understood not everyone had safe home lives and let kids take a nap during TV time. Oh God, but Bill Nye was so cool. The whole class, the whole class was going, Bill, 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 Bill. You were chanting, the teachers didn't care. It was an exciting time for everybody. I bet the teachers loved Bill Nye time too. They probably, they probably ate that up. But no, when we were young, it was a big deal to get to watch TV or a movie. And this brings me to the grand finale. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Oh my God, the excitement of getting to go to the video rental store and pick out a DVD to rent. You were lucky and you were like, your family had the money to, you could also buy your snacks there. A little bag of popcorn, a little chalky bar. So again, divorced parents, the city that my dad was in was a larger city than of course the small town of 10,000 people that I primarily grew up in with my mom. I only experienced the Blockbuster when I was at my dad's. But I was there every other weekend. I remember like Friday nights, me and my brother would get taken to Blockbuster. We'd get to pick out a DVD. I can remember how the carpet felt under your running shoes, the smell. And it was like a family event. Like my stepmom would go and she would pick out like a movie for older, you know, her and my dad. We would go, we would pick out our movies. That was the thrill of the week. See what new releases were in, what was available, what, you know, other people hadn't already up. Now, weirdly, in my small town, we had like a knockoff blockbuster, like it was some kind of like family video rental store, which weirdly cursed the place that that like rental place used to be in. It closed over a decade ago. Nothing has ever taken over the lease. It has stayed empty and abandoned. Nothing can top the video rental store. But anyways, that video rental store was honestly better than Blockbuster, in my opinion. Prices were better because it was kind of like knockoff, right? It wasn't like name brand Blockbuster. The selection was incredible. I was renting movies probably past when other people were. My cousins and I, like who really my best friends, we also enjoyed the thrill of going to the movie rental store and picking out our rentals. It was just so much fun. And then you could also kind of play with the person working and see what you could get away with renting. Like I wasn't old enough at the time to be renting 14A movies and I'd be like, let's see, I'm tall. Let's see if they'll rent it to me. Gosh, the thrill of renting movies and Blockbuster was just like no other. And overall, both with Blockbuster and so many other topics that I've covered in this episode, the big deal was just like the collective feeling of community and excitement over the same thing. Going to a busy Blockbuster, knowing that everyone was there to pick out their movies for their weekend. Or even like midnight movie premieres. Remember going to see the early Harry Potter movies at like midnight movie premieres and everyone was just excited because we were all there and excited about the same thing. There's less of that now, especially after Miss Rona times. A lot less often instances where we feel community with a group of people and excitement over a shared collective event. I think that was just a really big part of childhood of growing up as a late 90s, early 2000s kid and you know earlier. It was just collectively feeling excitement over these things and advances in technology and media and all of the new cool things coming out. It's like we were all experiencing this together for the first time at the same time. There's a lot of solace in that even now, podcasting, right? Why we listen to this. It's nice to feel community and connected and a collective with a group of people that like the same kind of things. But now I'm feeling super nostalgic, to be honest. I am going to wrap up this podcast, edit it later because I wanna go take a bath and watch Zoe 101. So thank you all for listening. Please, 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 I'm begging you to let me know what you thought of this episode, what you related to, what were the staple parts of your childhood? You can connect with me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow or on TikTok at Vic Sauce. I have new episodes out every Sunday of the In the Meadow podcast. Give me a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts if you feel so inclined. I will see you next Sunday. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.